and then they turn around and live like practical atheists. They really do. I mean, we talk and sing about a God who is all-powerful, and then we trust only within our own abilities. We speak of a God whose resources are endless, and then we live and give and build only within our means. We talk about, a God's, but talk about God's perfect will for our lives, and then we tell others that they should just follow their dreams. And then we speak about the endless might of our Savior, and then we depend solely on our own strength. From time to time, we get a glimpse of what devotion really looks like. Whether we read it on our own or hear a lesson in Sunday school or youth group or hear it in a sermon, we get the download, we get the picture, we hear the stories of Paul, we hear the stories of Peter and John, we read about the conquest of Gideon and the reign of David, we read in Hebrews 11, the hall of fame of faith. And we get this image of just what God can do in a life of one devoted to him and his kingdom, but even as we read the story... We don't even set our Bibles down before in our heads we think something like this. Wow, neat story. But you know, he's, he's famous. He's a hall of fame of faith. Surely Jesus' call in my life is much less dramatic than that. Well, would you like to know how Jesus defined devotion? Would you like to hear the call of Jesus Christ on each and every one of your lives this morning? Mark chapter 12, Jesus is speaking and he wraps up the entirety of the Old Testament scriptures when he says that we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. All of it, he says, not part of it. Not the measure of it to where it still feels safe, all of it. And then he says that we should love our neighbor with the same level of love that we have for ourselves. And by the way, we love ourselves a lot. And Jesus had the audacity to say this in Matthew 16. He said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Because whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good is it for, for a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his soul? You see, Jesus has this frustrating habit of saying what we need to hear and not what we want to hear. What we want to hear is that devotion's not costly. What we want to hear is that since Jesus has already paid my price, there should be minimal cost in living for him. What we want to hear is that we're just doing fine. We're all doing okay. And far too long, we've mistaken devotion with outer obedience and appearance. You know, if we, if we are devoted to Christ, it will greatly affect those areas, yes, but it's so much more than that. Christians have for years believed that the avoidance of certain activities, whether it's drinking or smoking or dressing provocatively or cussing, etc., you can fill in the list. We believe that those things display their devotedness to Christ. But let me be really honest with you. When we do all that and then fail to show love to one another, it all falls flat. When we do all of that and then simply cannot forgive each other, it kills it. One of the most baffling things in the world is how people who've been reconciled to God cannot stay reconciled to each other. You see, when we perfect the outer package, but then we chase all the same things as everyone else, when we worship ourselves just like everyone else, when we find values in our possessions just like everyone else, when we fill our calendars so full that there's absolutely no time for God to change it just like everyone else, and we have the same priorities as everyone else, then we simply are not devoted no matter what we say. Jesus says that devotion is more than an acknowledgement of God. It's a full-blown surrender to him. Devotion is more than having affection for Jesus. It's abandoning every other pursuit 
in life than him. It's more than having a head knowledge of him in the Bible. It's reordering my life and my priorities around him and his kingdom. It's more than listening to Christian music and having a Jesus fish on my car. It's worshiping God every single day with my life. It's more than tithing. It's living sacrificially. It's more than stretching my comfort zone from time to time. It's serving to the point of suffering. It's more than living life under the brand name of a Christian. It's giving your life for no other reason than you are a Christian. One of the stories, one of the life stories we learned about in great detail at camp was Paul's. And I want you to just listen to this list written later in his life after he served Christ for years where Paul talks about all the things that he endured for the sake of Jesus in 2 Corinthians 11. This is what he says. I have worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I would stop getting on a boat, by the way. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day out of the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked besides everyone, everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now tell me, who wants to sign up for that? Whose life really, whose dreams really look like that? See, there's one more thing you must understand about being devoted to Jesus Christ before you make your call. And for that, we're going to look to John 6. And up to this point in John, Jesus' popularity has grew and grew and grew as he performed many miracles. But in John chapter 6, with these crowds around, Jesus begins teaching some harder truths, some more difficult truths. And there are those who are following who began to grumble. By the way, if you don't ever get mad while you're reading the Bible, then you're not reading it enough. Because it's going to mess with you. It's going to point out things you wish it wouldn't. And Jesus was the exact same. And after this teaching in John 6, we're told in verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed them. They wanted comfort, not cost. They wanted the show, not servanthood. They wanted a Messiah king, not a savior. And Jesus turns to his original disciples, the 12 he chose, and he asked them this. He says, you don't want to leave too, do you? And this is a key moment. He's giving them a free out. They can walk away. And Peter speaks up. Look at John 6, verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You see, devotion will cost you. It will steeply. You won't be able to live for yourself anymore. You won't be able to spend your money as you please anymore. You won't be able to chase what you feel like anymore. And you might well be asked to suffer and die. You might. But if the cost is causing you to hesitate, then hear nothing else than Peter's question this morning. Where else are you going to go? Where else are you going to go? Who else are you going to live for? What else is there worth dying for? 
Because Jesus alone has the words of eternal life. His kingdom alone will never fade. Only in Jesus does your devotion result in anything that will last. Only in Jesus does your devotion bring about permanent lasting rewards that no one can take away. You see, it's easy, it's really easy to live for this world. It's easy to live in this time. It's easy to chase things of a temporary nature. It's easy, but it's not worth it. And it's hard. It's really hard to live with an eternal mindset. It's really hard to live in God's timing. It's really hard to chase things of an internal nature. It's really hard to deny self. It's hard, but it's always worth it. And so two simple questions this morning for you to wrestle with. What are you devoted to? And where else could you ever go? but Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we ask for nothing less than the mood and the spirit that the young people who stood before you today professed about. The movement that comes in and takes control for a moment and tells us exactly what we're really living for. The movement doesn't care what we profess we live for. The movement doesn't even care what we think we're living for. It tells us what we're living for. And so God, all around this room, we pray that your spirit would show us what it is we're devoted to. And then I pray that you would plant the question in our head that Peter asked, where else could you ever go? Because Jesus alone has eternal life. We await your work, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen.
You all should have received a handout this morning as you came in, and uh, I want to invite you to just take that this morning as kind of a guide for this next time of celebration in our service. All of Scripture is a story, honestly. It's a chronicle of God's goodness and faithfulness, um, and this today also is a continuation of that story of God's goodness, and you can go right down the line here through this handout and see the stories of these young people, middle schoolers, high schoolers, and adults, and some elementary age uh, kids that have come to know God through the witness of the gospel and the ministry of God's Spirit, and their lives have been transformed. Today, we celebrate um, the ordinance of water baptism. Um, water doesn't save us, but this is an opportunity through baptism to proclaim to all of you and to the world and also to the Lord a newfound faith and commitment to follow Jesus Christ. So join me and join Adam and Travis and so many others in celebrating new life and the witness of these young people. accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. All right. I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. (laughs) 
This is Dawson Job, everyone. Dawson, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. All right, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Samuel Sarris, who just fell down the stairs, coming in here. Samuel, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? I have. All right, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm going to baptize some more. This is my awesome friend, Lily. Whoa, are you okay? <laughs> Almost drowned in the baptistry. Um, this is Lily, she accepted Christ, uh, was it this week or last week? This week, um, in her home, she just felt compelled and uh, she made that decision. Um, so we're gonna baptize Lily. Lily, have you accepted uh, Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Awesome. I baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, bearing the likeness of his death. Uh, she's been coming to high school uh, for a while now. She got saved at Student Life Camp two years ago, as you can read in her bio. Um, so it's my honor to just uh, baptize her today. So Emily, have you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Just turn this way. Okay. <laughs> um, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the likeness of his death. <laughs> Uh, Morgan. Um, she got saved at Student Life Camp this year. She was one of the six, uh, which is awesome. This is the first year at camp, um, so this is a, it's just a really awesome day for her. But Morgan, have you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Awesome. Baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, pray in the likeness of his death. This is Destiny, who you heard from earlier. Uh, she's been coming to church um, here with the high school ministry for a while. And um, she's been saved for a while. She just feels compelled to get uh, baptized today. She always has a smile on her face. And um, I would bet anybody that they would never see her without a smile. Um, but we're going to baptize her. Destiny, have you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yeah. Awesome. I baptize you in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Durlinger. <laughs> this man uh, got saved at Student Life Camp in 2007. Uh, it's the first time I met him. He was in middle school and he's been sticking around ever since. Um, awesome kid. He's been helping me out uh, a lot. Uh, just a great friend. Uh, so it's really a privilege uh, for me to uh, do this today. Uh, Josh, have you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Awesome. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Bear the likeness of his death. <laughs> Tony, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a recent acquaintance of hers. We just met, actually, down here 
Um, but I can already tell the evidence of the Spirit in her life. Um, it's just a true life change, so this is an honor. Tony, have you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Awesome. Baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bring the likeness of his death. Raise the walk in the To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. The witness of the Apostle Paul. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Today we don't celebrate a program. We do not give witness to the wisdom of human ingenuity or remarkable eloquence or superior ministry skill. We are here today to celebrate the power of God. The power of God as it is demonstrated in the proclamation of his gospel, in the ministry of his spirit, and in the miracle of the faithfulness of his people. We are not powerful to save. God is. And we give him glory and him glory alone for his goodness and his power. We are thankful for what God has done and continues to do through the ministry of student ministries here at First Baptist North Terre Haute. But we want you to know that our confidence is not in ourselves or in this place or in this facility or in any of our own resources. Our confidence is in the power of God. We want to give you yet another opportunity to trust God for the future of this ministry. We can explain how a teenager somehow in the mix and confusion and often hurt and pain of a broken life sees the light of Christ's love and surrenders his or her life to him. It's God's work. All we can do is be faithful. Faithful to what he calls us and challenges us to do. To be ready. To be prepared. To be generous. To be holy and to be faithful. And for this challenge, I want to invite my good friend Don Bland to come, who has on his heart something that he wants to share with all of you in regards to this. So welcome, Don.
Wouldn't have missed it. Just like uh, Easter, Easter Sunday, same thing. Um, I know you've all heard about the bus born, and it's been talked about a long time. The, the youth use it now. Uh, but do you know the big fan up in the back up there is wide open and the birds come in? You know what birds do. They tear up things and quite a bit of other things. Did you know that? Church, we can do better. And the floor is wobbly and needs, needs repair. We can do better. And I'd say we got some young men. I tell you, I'm really proud of the youth and the leadership in this church. And church, give yourself a hand for sending these young people to camp. God bless you. If you need something on your wall, I'd suggest maybe frame this thing and put it on the wall. Well, the pastor came in my business, uh, stayed five, maybe ten minutes at the most, quite a few months ago, and said, pray about the bus born down there uh, needs some work, needs some things. And I prayed about it, and God really... There's two things going to happen today. What I'm going to talk about is going to happen, and the other thing, I'll probably break down. You know, all these young people got up here and spoke and <laughs> didn't break down, but I can't help that. And I was praying about that early in the morning. I said, Lord, I'd appreciate if I didn't break down when I get up to talk. He said, well, if there's more tears in the church, they'd be less in our homes and in our businesses. Think about it. We had some estimates before on the bus born, and it was quite a bit. So I went and got a few estimates, and uh, the big thing that stuck out and was a wink from God to me and uh, that we should carry on was the floor was, the cement floor is going to be close to $8,000. And... Our first uh, estimate was $4,200 on the floor. Uh, it's going to take about $15,000 to do what we want to do. Oh, that could be a lot of money. There's probably a few people in here could get most of it. And I got a little note here. We need 15 It will take 20 and I'm praying for 25 so we can do it right. Do you know they use a porty potty down there? We can do better than that. Fifteen is without a bathroom. Um, contractor said it'd be three to five thousand, so I'm figuring five thousand 
at least for a bathroom. So the estimate we have here, this is information so you know how to give. We are going to take an offering this morning. Some are probably not prepared to do that. Uh, we'll take, uh, I think our usher's got a piece of paper. You can write on there the amount. We don't need no names. The amount you can give so we'll know how to work, how fast to work, how the money's going to come in. And uh, there, so if you can't write a check today, give anyway. We'll take cash. <laughs> Any way you can. Uh, give us an idea of how you're going to help us do this, and uh, we'll, we'll appreciate that. Um, you know, I always say in a situation like this, there's three things you can do. You can do nothing. You can ignore it, kick the can down the road like our government does. Just kick her down the road. The next guy is to get it. You could go to the bank and borrow the money and pay the interest. I don't I wouldn't suggest that. Or we can raise the money, give the money, and God will bless us. I've never given that God didn't bless me. And I know, I know the people here. I know that they'll give and uh, meet the need. And after this today, I mean, it's a done deal. I just think it's a done deal. So... Uh, I think our ushers are ready. Uh, I know it's a little short on notice. I know some people don't carry a checkbook. I thought about getting a credit card machine and on, on one of these telephones. <laughs> we could use, use that. But um, in all seriousness, the, uh, I, I appreciate the church. I appreciate the leadership. And you know, a sermon that really stuck with me was Pastor Brett preached not too long ago. It's not about me. And it's still sticking with me, that, ser uh, that sermon. And uh, it's not, this is not about me. It's not about the leadership here. This is about doing business for God. And, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to pray. And uh, these fine young men are going to lift the offering. Father, we thank you for the day, for what we've heard, for what we've seen. We thank you for our leadership here that... Uh, are, are faithful to do and now it's uh, our seniors it's time for us to step up do our part and lord you know what each one of us need to do what we're able to do and we just give you praise and and we thank you for it in advance in christ's name amen
Glad to be here today. Amen. To God be the glory. Who's this brother that keeps saying amen back there? Who's this? You come back, will you, Michael? Praise God for you. Wow, amen. We're so thankful. I want to personally thank um, Adam and Kinsey Connor and uh, Travis and Betsy Beckner for their really sacrificial ministry on behalf of these kids and um, for their love for them um, and their devotion to Christ. I'm grateful. Um, we give all God praise for his goodness and faithfulness today. And I also want to thank all of you personally for just your goodness and faithfulness, really. Um, you are God's people, and you are surrendered to him and allowing him to use you. And I, I thank you. And I thank God for all of you. Tonight, no cookout tonight, but there will be services at 6.30, all ministries in place. So we invite you back for another time of celebration. Thank you to all of our guests for being here. You're very welcome here. We don't always ask you for money. We just want you to know that, but we're glad you're here, really. Thank you for being here and helping us celebrate um, what God is doing in the lives of your kids. Thank you. Let's pray together. We bless your name, O oh Lord. We bless your name on high. We bless your name in all the earth. And we give you praise for the salvation that is ours and the grace that we know through Christ Jesus. We give you thanks in his name. And God's people said, amen. <laughs>